in brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power, oranges lust and blues you can trust, indigos feel and white ones heal, yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 546. Oh, 11th annual. Is that right? I, I guess mean, that would, I think that would be right, right? Since we're beginning our 11th year doing the show, so. Yeah. Woo! 11th annual Mark and Chad go to the movies. Uh, this is uh, this is something Mark thought up when we first started this show back in the day, so tell him what it's all about, Mark. What do we do on this thing? I forgot completely. <laughs> sure. Sure you have. Uh, <laughs> well, basically, we 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 look at the landscape of the movies that are about to be released in a given year. And Lord knows it ain't this year. This year is like looking through a blizzard with a with a pair of crappy binoculars to try to find stuff that you can actually see. But we go through the list and we come up with our top five list of things we're looking forward to. Then we kind of group everything else into the middle of the ground, middle of the ground, middle of the road, and the and then the stuff we absolutely have no interest in seeing, which of course the asterisk always means it doesn't mean we won't see it. It means we <laughs> have we literally have no interest in seeing it or that the old monkey crap list. Um so yeah. Yeah, no interest that, in seeing, but likely will. <laughs> yeah, often. Yeah. Yeah. Often that is true. It's something that <sighs> there is absolutely no passion for whatsoever but it doesn't mean that given the right opportunity at the right time and nothing else to see it doesn't mean you won't see it and yes in some instances you know you're going to see it you just don't care about it so yeah yeah for sure this is a difficult year on the sliding scale uh to be excited about a lot of things on this list is only slightly greater than if we were doing uh chad mark go to the laundromat <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good year for movies guys at least thus far it's Obviously, we are still in January, so it's entirely possible that things will get announced and released or, you know, obviously uh, are movies that we would, as of right now, just know of by title because not a lot of information is yet out about them at this time would then, you know, get a media push, a trailer, or, you know, and, and our interest for them would grow so much more. But, you know, usually by this time, even if it's just January, we typically see a pretty hefty amount of movies on the list. It's like, oh, that, that. And it's a hard, it's hard coming up with the five for your top five. That's so this year. <laughs> yeah, this year. Well, no, this year. Well, yes, yes and no. This, it's not as, it's not hard for the same reason. <laughs> yeah. This year is hard because it's hard to come up with. It's hard to come up even with a list of seven or eight movies that you really enthused and looking forward to, let alone things you once you we whittle it down between things that 
we both have some interest in and some and one's going to choose one and one's going to and get the custody of this and one gets custody of that then it becomes even harder than usual to do mm-hmm. the alternates it's going to be quite interesting to see even when we get to the super bowl which movies are actually going to have trailers um that's true um i would expect the only two on my list that have an actual release date i would expect those to have trailers but we'll get to them yeah, I I would say one one's a, one's a, one's a given. Uh, I think and and for probably at least at least one of mine. I think well maybe two depending because I would not exactly be crazy to see a teaser trailer for for one of them. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Who wants to go first for number fives? But don't we want to do the runner up first? Oh yeah, runner up. Um. So my runner up was Venom three. Um, which may shock some people because, you know, I'm a big champion of Venom and I was really touting the, especially that first one, um, up until it came out. And then, I mean, I know it wasn't a a critical, uh, movie in terms of acclaim, but the, the audience really unexpectedly, I would probably say loved Venom. Um, and I had a lot of faith in it going into it and I'm glad that was rewarded, but like Venom two was I, I didn't dislike Venom 2. I just I, I definitely did see it as a bit of a step down. And my reason for this not making my top five, honestly, is just because there is almost nothing out about it right now. Um, there's rumors and stuff and, you know, rumors will always abound. But until like I have a, a specific release date, a teaser, a, a trailer, give me something because you lost a little bit of faith in me due to the quality decline of the second movie. I'm not sure if the trilogy will be as great in terms of the third movie. Uh, So until I see something, I can't really fully back it right now, to be honest with you. I have faith in it just because of the property, but honestly, that's probably not enough to break the top five this year. Circus isn't directing this one, is he? I don't think so. I can look at I I don't think that he is either. For some reason, I didn't think that he was coming back, which again, it's not, I didn't have an issue with, with the it second looks like movie. like uh, Kelly Marcel right now. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's right. I think they did announce that early. No. That I didn't have an issue with Circus directing the second one. I didn't think it was bad. It's just about it. But it wasn't one of those things where, oh my God, it's like the same director directed the first two and now he's not coming back or she's not coming back for the third, which always makes you wonder. Uh, obviously, yeah, most of the rumors about this movie are that Toxum is going to be the villain, which was kind of a hinted at, I guess, in the last movie, that that's probably the direction but they would go in. But it's in the middle, my middle of the road list, as we were talking about right before we started. It kind of completely went over my head that I didn't even, I didn't even have it in the, an appropriate spot because it sh- certainly could have been a contender for my top list, uh, considering it was, this was, it was really hard coming up with the top list, the ongoing theme. But yeah, I, I Venom Venom three makes sense. It would kind of be hard for Venom three not to be at least in your top six, and it is a little like you said, it's a tad surprising it's not in your top five. Yeah. All right. What's yours? I went with Wicked. Uh, I went with Wicked for mostly because I did. It's one of the few Broadway plays that I've in recent memory that I've actually seen. So I did see Wicked. It, it's it was pretty enjoyable as a alternate. You know, dur- during the time frame of the alternate. Which we saw in many movies like Maleficent and thing like things like that too, kind of like telling you the story of the kind of like, and even to a certain extent the uh, what the great and powerful 
the the Oz movie that Franco that Franco made that kind of doing the opposite spin of taking the you know taking taking villains and showing that they how they really weren't villains or explaining why they end up where they end up but as a musical it was enjoyable I do problems with her aside because I just don't think she has a good support system Alec, uh, Ariana Grande is very talented and so certainly she would have the voice to be able to do that role I think she's Glenda I believe she's playing Glenda in that in, in that the good witch that yeah so I it almost made my top five, which is it's not an indictment on again on this movie in particular, but just show you that if this was not the easiest list to come up with. But to me, at the end of the day, it almost made my top five. So it's that is the that is number six. All right. All right. Into the proper list with number fives. Ready? Yeah. All right. So a quick last minute change for me. I went ahead and switched what I have written in front of me. I went ahead and switched my five and three. So my number five is berserker uh that is spelled b-r-z-r-k-r uh which is currently just quote expected in 2024 as are two others on my list uh so berserker just so i don't go off script and start uh trying to recall things from memory i'm just going to read a quick paragraph about what it actually is to you guys so i don't just start like Hey, you know, uh, this this is based off of a Boom Studios comic book, which I've been reading since day one. Uh, it is written by Matt Kent and Keanu Reeves. Uh, it's in, illustrated by Ron Garney, um, and it's been it's been a really great series uh, to read with its initial series launch, and then it's a couple other little spinoffs to kind of build out the world that came with it. But Berserker is, quote, a brutally epic saga about an immortal warrior's 80,000-year fight through the ages. The man only, only known as B is half mortal and half god, cursed, to com- uh, cursed and compelled to violence, even at the sacrifice of his sanity. But after working or after wandering the earth for centuries, B may have finally found a refuge working for the U.S. government to fight the battles too violent and too dangerous for anybody else. In exchange, B will be granted the one thing he desires, the truth about his endless blood-soaked existence and how to end it. Um, so yes, he has a little bit of a, you know, memory recall problem having been around for 80,000 years, uh, and a relative immortal. Uh, and, um, yes, basically think uh, it's exactly what it says. Like if you think of the violence of the, um, John Wick films, um, lose all of the, you know, proper man in a suit stuff, uh, and just up the violence by several notches as well as the blood by several notches uh and just make him an immortal warrior from the past that's berserker (laughs) essentially uh and supposedly uh keanu reeves is going to play his character berserker uh in the film um look i've seen um the first two uh, the first two John Wick films, uh, I haven't seen the other two, uh, and it's been a while since I watched the first two, so I definitely need to just watch the whole series again. Um, but I would not, uh, I would not, uh, I would not be surprised if, if my analysis and comparison there does actually hold up. Just lose the prim and proper man in a suit and just make him an immortal warrior, uh, and up the blood and violence by 10. Um, it's, it's gonna be fun. It's been a great book so far. Um, it's always hard to tell with um, books that are 
co-written with someone like who did what like you know how much actual writing is keanu reeves doing in this thing and and you know what of that story makes it compelling is it kent uh kent's writing is it is it reeves are they actually splitting duties and how is that actually working out for them but you know if you open the comic book if you ever look up the comic book um b looks like keanu (laughs) the entire thing was built to be keanu um but you know whether or not it was built as a comic book to eventually become a movie. And that was the intent. I don't believe so. Um, but you know, it definitely doesn't hurt if your main character looks like Keanu <laughs> and, uh, is, uh, written by Keanu. It's, it's a big thing in the comic book industry now, because it's happened a couple of times in the past couple of years with celebrities joining as co-writers or primary writers on comic book series. That does seem to be a draw for some people. But Berserker is one of the one of the ones that actually became a successful title beyond just its first issue launch and, and uh, initial appeal to fans. So I'm excited for it. I really hope it actually does come out in it. Uh, assuming it's what the comic book was it sh- and it's directed well and it, you know lots of good effects and stuff like that i i would see good things of it it should be a successful movie this is one of those interesting things where on the surface yes all the hallmarks are there for this to be successful because it's kind of like keanu reeves doing keanu reeves things the only thing like again could potentially hurt it is that same factor is the fact that it's if it's people just see it as another variation of John Wick, that even though John people like John Wick, it's it may not be inspiring enough to make people want to go invest in seeing it. But people like Keanu Reeves. So at the end of the day, the odds are that this would be successful regardless of how, you know when and how it gets released. So it's intriguing. The kind the con again the concept is you know part part of it's original, part of it's been there done that, but Sometimes it really comes down to execution in a lot of these cases, as opposed to, you know, the mythical original idea, which there aren't that many true original ideas anyway. Yeah, it's uh, last I heard it was attached to Netflix. So it's supposed to be a Netflix film. And I believe Keanu also wanted to direct, which may be a a demerit to it, but I don't know. Um but yeah, he hints. He, I know he's. I know he's writing it and everything like that, and he's supposed to star in it. He has said he wants to direct it, but um, you know, we'll see. Probably a greater chance of that if it does end up being a Netflix thing. All right, for me, number five again, hard. I picked Alien Romulus. I don't know why, other than the fact that it's an alien movie, and even though we haven't had a good alien, actually, you can make a case we haven't had. A, you can make a strong case we haven't had a particularly really good alien movie since Aliens. <laughs> when you really break it down, and that's and that's even with me being a being a pretty big fan, generally speaking, even though it did go off the rails thanks to probably bringing in Damon Lindelof, uh, Prometheus. That if you they stuck with the original John Spate version of that script, but that's before anybody knew who John Spate was. So he was unproven. So that's why Lindelof came in to do the polish and rewrite. And we kind of went off in weird tangents that were not there originally that it's an alien movie. It's supposed to take place, which is interesting that it takes place between the original alien and aliens, which I guess makes sense because obviously there's a big gap of time between the time that movie ended and when they find Ripley and aliens. So, but of course it has to be a relatively self. Well, it opens the door for possibilities because 
because obviously, you know, on Earth, they really don't know much about the uh, xenomorph at this point. That's why they that's why they want Ripley and that's why they want to go back, because they see the merits and, hey, this thing could this thing could be useful to us as a weapon. But they obviously have not had any anybody survive an encounter with it elsewhere. So they would have some history besides what what um, what Ripley ends up telling everybody. So it's an alien movie. It's uh, it does have Isabella Merced in it. So I like her. So even though we will see her in Madam Web before before this movie ever comes out. Just like we'll see her as Hawkgirl. She's going to be Hawk. She she's she's obviously her career is on an uptick since she's going to be she's also going to be Hawkgirl, as we talked about when we talked about uh, Superman Legacy. That's about it. There's no other real reason. I, I do like the Alien franchise for all its for all its flaws. And Lord knows, you know, the prequels went off, you know, went off the rails thanks to Ridley Scott. But as well, but a very a very moderate you know, enthusiasm level for that movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, much the same way, like horror genre and stuff like that is historically not my favorite. The alien stuff, like super scary alien movies, like basically as a kid, a monster I could imagine coming out of the shadows. I'm probably not going to go for that franchise, whether it's an alien or a beast or a ghost or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed growing up. Um, in my voodoo library, I do have Alien, and I do have Aliens. I remember seeing Alien. I don't think I've ever seen Aliens. Since this comes between the two, probably a good time to rewatch them. But uh, it's been a it's been quite a long time. Like I, I have vague moments, you know, the whole trapped on a ship, and you know, you have a predator, like that whole thing, um, coming after you. Um, and by predator guys, I mean, yes. I mean a predator, <laughs> poor, a predator. Poor choice of words, but we know what you mean. Basically, basically, Alien was just a remake of It to Terror from Beyond Space, but just yeah. done in a much better fashion. I always loved that movie as a kid, It to Terror from Beyond Space. If people haven't seen it, it's a nice, I think it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a 50s, just a, your 50s classic, you know, sci-fi movie when, yes, they land on this planet and this alien sneaks on mm-hmm. the ship. And so, you know, what would be an interesting movie to remake these days because it's a cult classic, but I wonder if you could, you know, like, would it have to be like a Godzilla style movie? What if they remade them? That's kind of funny that you think that be, it might work now. See, the question would be, how are you going to do it? Are you just going to do all? I guess you'd have to do all CGI, which would take away, which could take away from it. If it's done really well, obviously it opens up. The, see, them is touchy for me because them is so well made. <laughs> yeah. them, is, <laughs> them is probably of the. Of that generation of the 50s, uh, warning, you know, this is, you know, the, or warning about uh, atomic radiation and nuclear weapons and fallout. Uh, that whole that whole decade pretty much dominated by super, super sized and end of the world movies and super sized creatures caused by radiation. Arguably, yeah. them is the best one because of the cast and and how they and how the plot works. And, and that was one of my mom's favorite movies. Plus the second, sound. Second to God, second to Godzilla. Come on, or Gojiro, sorry. <laughs> but they're different types. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But it's a different kind of. They both they both have in different levels or like uh, cautionary tales about radiation. But but that but that this was obviously the Japanese would have a different take on it. Understandably, so ours was more from the you know from you know what about all this testing we're doing out in the desert and all these things. <laughs> but they were but obviously just in general in the 50s, especially in American cinema, that you that most that a large portion. 
of sci-fi movies were about end of the world, nuclear radiation, mutations, things like that. And them, you know, again, I was one of my mom's favorite movies. And this, and the thing that's so effective about that movie is the sound, the sound of the ants themselves, that that chirping, that really that chirping sound that they, that's so effective. It's just, it was, but you were correct. That is a movie that, that you are, it is kind of surprising that more movies in that period have not been in some way, shape, or form served as a template or a motivating factor to do a pseudo remake, even if it's not a verbatim step-by-step remake that you would think, or that you could, you know, it didn't have to be radiation, could be, you know, toxic waste, could be lots yeah. of different things. But yeah, them, them is a, them is a classic, and that, that would that would be a cool. It would not be the worst thing in the world to, to kind of like revisit some of these because everything's cyclical. To come back and we've yeah. that's, that was a good idea actually, Chad. Uh, this may be a less good idea, but I also like from that era Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. It's not as impressive, but yeah. I guess I guess I guess I might that's probably right up there with uh, like uh, was it the Amazing Colossal Man? Was that the first yeah. one? Because the one they always so. play to death is the sequel, The War of the Colossal Beast, which is why I always have trouble remembering the first one because almost always they play the second one. Uh, but yeah, that was but that again that's in that whole generate that whole genre of giant of either people become being made being made giants or, or grasshoppers or or ants or tarantulas and all that was the big thing in the in, in the in the in the fifties. So it it is yeah it is kind of interesting that uh they really have not gone down gone down that road much to try to do a mo- a modern twist on that. Yeah. All right, number fours. Number fours. So I guess that's me this time, right? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the Karate Kid movie that we know absolutely nothing about, other than the fact that a, it's going to be, have apparently Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan in it, so it's going to be tying in both both the original Karate Kid and obviously stuff from Cobra Kai, and and the remake, the horrible Jaden Smith led remake, mostly horrible because Jaden Smith was in it, not because conceptually it was horrible. But it's going to be an interesting. I'm very curious to see how they're going to tie all these things in together to make it into one universe. But because of how well they've done Cobra Kai, and that depending how Cobra Kai ends, which this year will be the last year of Cobra Kai, the last season. Um, yeah, I'm I'm much more enthused about that project than I certainly would have been if it was a just a remake. Like, excuse me, a sequel to the remake, even if Jaden Smith had nothing to do with it, but Jackie Chan was back with somebody else. Or maybe even if they just were bring, I still at this point would, if it was like a sequel, essentially a sequel to Cobra Kai, I could have been interested on its on its own too, or by itself. But I think tying the two together is interesting because that franchise has kind of had a nice uh, rejuvenation. So that 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 does interest me a little, and that's that was enough to make me get it out of the fifth spot, and move it to number four. Yeah, I uh, I don't have much of an attachment to <clears throat> to Karate Kid because. It came out what eighty four? I believe that is correct. Yeah, so um, yeah, I was born in eighty seven, so I, it's not like I haven't watched stuff from the eighties as a kid because you know I talk, I've talked on the show before. One of my favorite cartoons, Denver: The Last Dinosaur. I believe that's a it's like you know a late eighties thing. Like I know I, it definitely wasn't something I watched when I was one or two. But it was something I definitely watched as a toddler. So I watched it maybe reruns or whatever. So I, I definitely was exposed to, you know, 80s uh, films and stuff as a kid born in 87. But Karate Kid wasn't one of them. I don't know what 
What would be the what would the karate kid of the nineties be? You have to give me a little bit more to go on. What are we talking? Are we talking about themes? Are we talking about are you trying to think something that's more like zeitgeisty for the decade or something? Yeah, kind of kind of like the same thing, like a kid, you know, maybe not necessarily. It doesn't have to be kung fu, but, you know, a kind of somebody bullied, fights back like that, that whole thing. What would a 90s karate kid movie like? What would be a, a good? I don't know, because hmm. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think of. I don't know. That's what I was thinking of, like, because I was trying to think of, like, if Karate Kid came out in the 90s and it was a big part of the zeitgeist of things that I watched growing up, uh, would I like it? You know, like, would it be one of, you know, my favorite movies of my childhood? And I don't I don't know, because like so that's why I'm thinking about, like, okay, well, what what would be popular movies of the 90s for kids that maybe match what Karate Kid gave viewers back then yeah off the top of my head it's not let me think about it but off the top of my head i'm not i nothing's coming to mind which could be just a massive oversight of something that entirely kind of like encapsulates the same the same concept yeah for sure i just but yeah oh man you know mighty ducks maybe that's yeah that's that's yeah i'm just scrolling through 90s movies right now that's that is similar yeah that's that's similar enough even though mighty ducks you can make the case that probably even though there's commonality you can make a case mighty ducks is more like rocky than maybe more like rocky than karate kid but it's all in the same it's all in the same vein really yeah yeah that's that's maybe that's maybe probably the closest comparison um but yeah i just I, I was considering jumping into Cobra Kai and watching it, but the thing it's it's now one of those things where it's like there's so many seasons. I'm like, look, even if you know everybody and their mother swears to God it's the best, you know, the best thing in every season's worth your time. Like, there's six seasons. Like, how much time do I want to devote to it just to check something out? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so uh, I've I've heard nothing but good things about Cobra, Cobra Kai. And I actually just lost my connection to Netflix, so <laughs> I can't I can't really <laughs> I can't really go back to watch it even if I wanted to right now. Um, but um, yeah, it, it'd be it, I, I I've heard enough about it to where, yes, I, I, I agree with you. I would definitely be curious about how they're going to tie everything in together. If those if both Jackie and Machio are going to be in it together. What do you got? All right. My number four is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, This one came out of left field a little bit for me because I don't have my ear to the ground as much as you do in terms of, you know, rumblings of movies that they're planning to make but haven't yet announced yet, but are likely coming down the pike. It's been a little bit since uh, War uh, War of the Planet of the Apes because that was 2017, 2018. I wanted to say it was 19, but I'll tell you in one second. Because it's um yeah it's uh it's been right. a while. 2017. It's been a while. I wasn't expecting another entry into this franchise, but I was pleasantly surprised when the trailer dropped. I thought it looked good. Interestingly enough, apparently plot-wise, this thing takes place 300 years after the events of War of the Planet for the Planet of the Apes. I don't um, know if it was 100% confirmed how much, but you, but, but there's no doubt that it is supposed to take place significantly much later in the timeline because, uh, because of the idea of what that, what Caesar's legacy has become and what people have 
as in apes, what have what have they taken and learned from Caesar? And obviously, depending on where you are, they've they've, they've gotten different messages. <laughs> yeah. So like cause Caesar's son is definitely dead then by this point. Oh, yes. Regardless of how far along we are, like if it is legitimately 300 years later um, or if it's only, you know, a, a decade or a couple of decades later, it doesn't matter. Caesar's son is probably dead at this point. So any of our touchstones from the original trilogy are gone. So it's it, it's going to be interesting to me to see how this movie plays out in terms of general fan interest and stuff like that. Because if none of your POV touchpoint characters from the first three films in terms of the apes are even there anymore, or even somebody tangentially connected to them, like a son or something like that, then does it still succeed as a film? Do you still like the premise? Do, is, is this is a 300 year jump okay with you? Um, if it is a 300 year jump, it definitely rules out my my idea that, uh, you know, maybe at some point we'll see uh, the ship crash from its from its return voyage from Mars. Um, uh, but why? Uh, that, why would that rule that out? I mean, I guess it could be like a wormhole thing or something. Well, like that's that. that's that. Yeah. But that's what ha- but if that's what happened. I mean, yeah. I forget. I forget what I forget what. How many? What the actual? It's been so long since I watched the original. I forget yeah. what the time, what the what the years said on the on their ship when they crashed, but they were like way the hell in the future. So that's kind of basically what what mm-hmm. that's basically what it was. I mean, because they were in suspended, they were in suspended animation, and then they woke up. So then, so then they ended up crashing back. So that's the re, that's the the way they excused the fact that they were still alive. But yeah, it was it was way in the future that, that they came back to Earth. Yeah, apparently, so I'm on Wikipedia now. Nearly 300 years after the event. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. Ape civilizations have emerged from the oasis to which Caesar led his fellow apes at the end of the previous movie, while humans have regressed into the feral state. We saw that in the last movie. When the ape leader Proximus Caesar perverts the teachings of Caesar to enslave other clans in search for traces of human technologies, Noah, a common chimpanzee, embarks on a harrowing journey alongside a young human named May to determine the future for apes and humans alike. So we're going to have two movies with bad apes this year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And and two movies with good apes. So. <laughs> so, so yeah. but I was really look, I was not expecting this movie to come uh, to be announced. Uh, and by the time I learned it, it was going to exist. The first trailer had dropped and I enjoyed the first trailer for what it was. So it was like a happy little accident. I was like, oh, they're doing another one. Oh, it actually looks good. Well, I'll go see that. And it comes out looks like May twenty fourth. Uh, that's the one I think that that was moved. That's one of the ones that was moved up. It was moved up to May tenth. Okay. Yeah, the uh, old the old date was the twenty fourth. They moved it to the tenth. Uh, the reality is, for me, I'm a little, which is weird because I should be more enthused about this than you are. But for me, I'm a little cautious. I think part of part of for the reason you said that the idea of Making this so far into the future, close to 300 years into the future, based on what we see and read so far, that, yeah, all the characters that we have ties to are all gone. So that means we, again, tangentially will have to have some relationships with, obviously, we're going to kind of, I guess we're going to have to see a little bit of Caesar or a little bit of Cornelius or a little bit of somebody in in this, with Noah or Noah. And then that's going to be our POV character. But it's it really is kind of starting over. It's just it's starting over to a certain extent. 
even though it's still it's you know it's not a reboot in the real it's really it's a legit sequel because everything that happened in the last three movies took place in this world i don't know i'm also leery because of the stuff that we've we talked about a lot when in this when the second two movies the fact that we know they i'm still a tad bitter about how they horribly and mismarketed those movies to be things that they weren't uh going and actually all three movies because they did the same thing and i i almost forget how they did the first trailer for uh what dawn made it seem like you know caesar was this horrible plotting miserable rotten evil ape and which of course clearly he was not and we had no no reason to suspect he would be based on what what the, the name caesar means in planet of the ape mythology that you would not think the uh ape messiah would be uh would be that in but it makes yeah it makes me cautious it may and again i don't i don't know and remember we also have a law of diminishing returns we know that these last movie did not do that well financially co- compared to what you would think it would have done based on good reviews and based on the franchise kind of like building 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 you think war would have done better financially than it didn't actually did so that makes me wonder and this, and I thought the first the trailer was okay. I I was I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I think the next trailer we will have to get something better. Whether we get definitely one during the Super Bowl. I think there's a good chance. I yeah. think there's a good chance for the Super Bowl on another on, on another ape related project on your list. Almost guaranteed we'll have one. I yep. think I think this is it's likely, but I think whichever whatever they do, this one has to be much better than the last one. I think for me anyway it just didn't resonate as well with me it was good as a teaser because it reminded people exactly hey that this is coming and and people did generally speaking take very emotionally they were connected to if you want to refer to it as the reeves trilogy the reboot trilogy whatever you want to refer to it as emotionally it worked because people connected with caesar people connected with the struggles and saw the have seen the apes as the pov characters they they, they did that pretty it was a pretty easy, seamless transition. So it's good to remind people that it's coming. It's the question is, is it going to look in, is it going to look interesting enough to draw people in, especially when people realize that, oh, if if they do play up the fact and maybe they won't, that this is such a big time jump from from where we left off and to where we are now. I will say my last point here is um, I wish what was his name who played Caesar? Um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. I, I wish Andy Serkis was there. That said, we have a lot of actors who are coming into this, and I'm, I'm not going to name them all because they're not a whole lot of names that you would no, they're not particularly recognize. But it would be interesting to see if there are any standout performances from any of these actors, as you would expect good CGI, you know, um, acting to be done by somebody like a, an Andy Serkis. Are there any standout CGI actors? From this adaptation, because Andy Serkis is no longer are in the movie at all. So how 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 do these other people fare in uh, motion capture acting? Yeah, that is true. It, it, it's always because it's not an easy thing to do, let alone be be a master at that. It's really it is always interesting to see how how people will adjust and how people will adapt to that. All right. My number three, which was last minute uh, switched with uh, Berserker, um, uh, is Community, the movie uh, expected again, another expected 2024. Um, Mark, did you ever watch the any episodes of the Community TV series? I have not. 
I loved that comedy. I thought it was fantastic. It's one I uh, revisit frequently. Um, once upon a time, there used to be a TV show, uh, a legitimate TV show on the air called The Cape, uh, which was canceled. It was like, like a cop who was framed and uh, he fell off the grid and became a superhero known as The Cape. In one, you know, this is one of those. It's one of those shows. I, I do not like to compare it to Family Guy, but there is a way in which it can be compared specifically in that, um, you know, Family Guy will mention something and then have a flashback to a bit. Right. Um, community would do that all the time um, in, in the show. And one of the times they would flash back to Abed, who is one of their uh, core comedy characters or whatever. And he's he's typically pretty, um, uh, pretty obsessed with pop culture and stuff. And he's wandering around. um <laughs> he's wandering around the cafeteria wearing a cape uh and like you know sneaking up on people and whatever and he and you know he tries to mimic one of the tricks from the cape the tv show and he ends up like pulling jeff uh one of the other characters uh lunch off the table and, and then he runs away and jeff pissed off you know just screams back at him that show's gonna last only one season and be canceled and, and then abed as he runs off is going six seasons in a movie which became the kind of guiding principle among all the fans for community that community would have six seasons and a movie um and it was referred to again and again and again after that moment. Uh, uh, you know, eventually Community was canceled before its sixth season, and it found its next home uh, on Yahoo of all places. When Yahoo had a platform uh, where they had their sixth season there, so now all the Community fans have just been waiting for the movie. Uh, and I there, look, there's nothing, there's nothing out about it in terms of uh, in terms of anything. I believe it had started filming before everything went down. Um, but uh, I know that like, as of like sometime in December, uh, Joel McHale, who played Jeff on community was talking about how uh, it's, it's still supposed to be happening. They're still working on it and stuff like that. So all the main characters, you know, Joel McHale is obviously, you know, he, he's a bigger name nowadays. Uh, is it Ken Jeong? Um, yep. uh, yeah, he, he's a bigger name nowadays, Allison Brie, bigger name nowadays, um, and so on and so forth. But also one of the other characters who left, I think partway through like the fourth or fifth season, I think it was the fourth season, uh, Donald Glover, uh, childish Gambino has got a big career and so on and so forth. Uh, he's also supposed to be coming back. Um, so I, I'm just really, I don't, I, I don't know anything about the plot. Um, all I know is I'm anxious to see these characters again, and I'm really happy that the the movie is supposedly, you know, coming back. So six seasons in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope it turns out to be one of those rare, rare occasions where making a movie from a, you know, a TV show, taking the next step where it actually works, as opposed to a lot of times where it's like, well... Let's, 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 let's hope it's like the serenity to Firefly. <laughs> yeah, let's not hope it. Yeah, let's not hope it's Entourage the movie. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I did love that show. And man, that movie was absolutely horrible. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I have a lot of faith in it. I, I uh, you know, a lot of the original cast is coming back. Uh, Chevy Chase, thankfully, is not coming back. <laughs> um, uh, he had a lot of falling out with the people. And I hear he's just a generally not nice guy. Um, 
So um, the the cast really worked well without him after after he left. Uh, and uh, Donald Glover coming back uh, as Troy, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so I, you know, I'm just excited to see how this goes. Cause like they, man, if you're into comedy stuff, you gotta watch it because every now and then it's like, it's silly, stupid humor, but like, you know, the zaniest things happen at this community college, man. Like, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, there was going to be like a small little paintball game. Right. And, uh, and then the prize was announced and the prize was priority registration for the next semester, which was basically like you could schedule your entire classes to be on, you know, uh, staggered on a Monday, then only start from like 6 a.m. to 12. And then you don't have to go to class for the rest of the week or something like. So everybody thought this was a big deal. So this small little on campus paintball game destroyed the entire campus because everybody was at war with each other and there's paint all over the campus. People are kamikaze each other with paint bombs. They rigged the sprinklers at one point with paint. Uh, so it became a whole deal. Uh, and, uh, I, I just, there, there were just obscene things, uh, that you couldn't fathom ever happening in reality uh, happening on this show. And it was always fun and hilarious. So I, I, there is, they can go, anywhere with this movie and i'd be really happy about it <laughs> i'm rooting for you man <laughs> all right you're number three now we're getting to at least the the movies that i have a, a just a slight more uptick in enthusiasm for so i'm gonna go with ghostbusters frozen empire do i really think it's gonna be good i don't know the last the last movie was not bad for what it was it was it as as we talked about it, it essentially was the uh it was the force awakens for the ghostbuster franchise <laughs> probably done a little better probably done it a, a little more respectfully than uh for the yeah, most it sounds part. like you've changed your tune on it i thought you really liked it when it came out what ghostbusters uh i don't know if i i enjoyed it maybe because my because i had low expectations but I don't think I was I I loved it. I, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. But it but it was very Force Awakens like in the sense that it's almost like a remake of the first movie, with just by introducing new characters and then. So I don't know. It's possible. Maybe it's just a mood that I'm in when I'm. But I'm just looking ahead. It's like this could this could be good. I mean, hopefully Ernie Hudson's got more of a role in this one since uh, obviously we know he's the. He's the money behind everything now. We know Bill Murray's at least in it. We don't know how long he's in it. Dan Aykroyd has never been an issue because Dan Aykroyd would probably he'd come back as Ray in a phone booth, it would seem. So that's not an issue. Paul Rudd, I like the cast. The, the, the young cast they introduced in the last movie was pretty good. So we don't know much. Again, that's another movie that's probably likely to have a, a trailer during the Super Bowl because of the fact that this movie is coming out relatively soon i'm trying to because this is another movie that got moved up ghostbusters got moved up only a week though from march 29th to the 22nd so either way we're talking about about two months two months from now so we know somewhere in the near in the near future we'll have to get another trailer so the super bowl would kind of be right on target for that so i'm caught i'm cautiously optimistic i'm still i guess when it comes to ghostbusters i'm still not really convinced it really is a franchise i kind of take the approach that like some people have that basically it's one really big successful movie and then everything else has just kind of been chasing the dragon again that you, that it's never really been anything 
never truly been a franchise. It's just been one really successful movie and a bunch of whole lot, a whole bunch of me mediocrity and things that have never come close to its the original since. But we'll see. So cautious optimism. The teaser trailer was effective for what it was, too. I thought. Yeah, I I thought it was okay. the 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 trailer, the trailer didn't excite the trailer for for frozen empire did not excite me as much as the trailer for afterlife let's put it that way yeah uh, but i i'm curious i liked afterlife a whole lot more than i thought i would so i'm i'm you know i'm ready to be pleasantly surprised by this one i want to see what i want to see what they do um what could it suck absolutely um but uh i'm i'm willing to give it a shot um though i'd be curious about you know why they moved to new york uh but you know we'll see yeah i, I am kind of curious to see how, what the unless unless things just happen to coincide where it's like following up on peter's line i was like uh hey uh come, come see the home office kind of like thing. <laughs> so i would be but yeah I, I do think that it's part of it having everybody having all these fish out of water which again is always an interesting story potentially anyway having all these uh people that are not used to necessarily but we know they moved around a lot anyway, at least the, you know, Egon's family, because, uh, but it, yeah, I cautious optimism. I think that's the best I can, best I can have for this. Yeah. Um, my, uh, no, you, it's your turn, your turn for number twos. All right. So my number two, my number two is Deadpool three. It the, literally the only, the only MCU studios movie. <laughs> That we're getting this year, the only official part of the MCU that we're getting, the only thing that can you gotta hope that this can be a big beacon of success and light for an otherwise relatively dark period for the MCU. That if for some reason Deadpool three is, is like more like Multiverse of Madness than let's say No Way Home, that it's in the same vein, that not a disaster, but just not living up to the hype and everything else. That oh, you, this, what about this cameo and that cameo? And it turns out all to be for naught, or they basically show us ninety percent of every every cameo in the movie, like they did in Multiverse of Madness, ahead of time. That it's weird for me to say it because obviously I'm no I'm no big fan of Ryan Reynolds, and Deadpool as a comic book character means absolutely nothing to me. But the first two movies have been entertaining. I did like the second one more, maybe because the second one was more of, of a traditional comic book movie, the way it was being constructed, even with the wall breaking and everything. It still was more of a traditional story being told. So we don't really know how this one's going to go. Just the idea of having uh, Wolverine and Deadpool together, having finally seeing friggin Wolverine, even if it's only a Wolverine, not even the main one we're going to follow, but a Wolverine in a friggin costume, finally which it still kills me and annoys me that that was never done in the original movies, even when there was opportunity to, and those, and those Wolverine solo movies to do that, that, that is a little bit of a plus for me too, uh, to see just the whole Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman relationship and their banter and the way they get along and back on screen. That's, that's probably more to be fair, more than a little of the, of the enthusiasm I have for this movie. And because it seems to be a definite multiverse spanning story, which may or may not factor into what's going on either with Kang, 
which hopefully there won't be much going on with Kang or leading to what's going to be end up going on with Secret Wars, that that's enough for me to be enthused about it and hope that that this is we're only getting one one MCU movie this year. Let's hope it's actually good. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool three is on my um uh, on my three pounds of monkey crap list. Uh, it's probably the thing I'm most excited about among my three pounds of monkey crap. Uh, I only put it there because if I really think about it, maybe it's just been too long since I've watched Deadpool one and two. Um, I think my only excitement for this film is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, just revisiting that role. I don't know if I care much about any of the rest of what I've heard about it. And I am kind of souring on Ryan Reynolds in general, to be honest with you. Um, And not just because of the Green Lantern stuff. I'm just kind of getting... I'm kind of getting sick of him in the way I'm kind of getting sick of uh, the rock. Um, I'm just I'm just kind of done seeing them for a little while. Um, So Hugh Jackman revisiting his role as uh, as Wolverine is really my only draw for it. Hence, three pounds of monkey crap. I can understand that. And yeah, the the Ryan Reynolds stick, I think, can get old in general because he's he's like. Somebody who's always, quote unquote, on and being on means it's always the same. Now, maybe that really is legitimately how Ryan Reynolds is. Maybe he's always quick witted and sarcastic and and things like that. But Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds like 90 percent of the time in any movie that he's in. He's playing himself. Not all the time. He he has done he has done things where he's actually, quote unquote, acted legitimately, you would say. And not even if that you think he is just being himself most of the time. But. Yeah, I think it, it's hard when it's all when it's the same shtick and it's on all the time. And it does. And for Deadpool, it works. It works in that ca- for that character. And it's a little more excusable or uh, or palatable as that when he's playing that character. But, yeah, I, I tend to think you're right. I think it's kind of. All right. Um, my number two, no surprise to anybody. Godzilla uh, X Kong, the new empire. Um, as I as I typed it on my thing in front of me, I don't know if it's been moved up, but I currently have April 12th, 2024. Yes, it's moved up. It's the I believe it's the 29th of March. I'll tell you in one second, because, yes, March 29th. OK, um, definitely going to see a Super Bowl trailer there. Look, guys, it, I think with number ones and number twos, uh, there's not going to be much discussion to be to be had because. You know, um, we've probably talked about them already on the show. For instance, Godzilla versus Kong. We talked about uh, the Godzilla X Kong New Empire. We talked about on episode 542 when we talked about Green Lantern number six. The teaser. Uh, yep. So we've already talked significantly about it. The only thing I'll add here, and this is spoilers for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled, though I'm pretty sure we'll see it in the next trailer. Um, there has been a leak uh, because of the toys of one of the monsters, the significant monsters that we will see, one of the titans that we'll see in this movie, uh, known as Shimo, or S-H-I-M-O. Um, if you don't want to know more, skip a couple of seconds or what, a few minutes or whatever. But according to the packaging on a Playmates figure, it is an antagonist described as a legendary ice titan with unstoppable world-ending powers who will oppose Godzilla and Kong. Uh, this is a lizard-looking creature akin to Godzilla. So we will see what uh, it it actually looks like. But I was watching a video on YouTube the other day where someone posited that it's possible that 
we will have a backstory with Shimo because maybe Shimo is the one who's responsible for freezing Monster Zero, a.k.a. King Ghidorah. Because Ghidorah was in the ice in the Arctic and you kind of just blow that off. You're like, of course, it's the Arctic. Things freeze. How do you freeze a giant ass Titan in place, regardless of where they're at on the planet? He's I believe he's also backstory wise. He's supposed to be responsible for the Ice Age. Right. So um, Shimo is supposedly, if I'm saying that right, Shimo is supposed to be potentially responsible for uh, helping subdue Monster Zero um, in, in the ice. So um, it'd be interesting to see that. That's the only new thing we've learned about the f- film since the, the teaser trailer has come out for, for the most part. Um, so I'd be really curious to see more about that. We're definitely going to see that in the next trailer or two. Uh, we're going to see it uh, during the Super Bowl, I'm sure. Um, there's honestly not much to say about the new Empire. We've already talked about it on the show. And uh, yes, number two. <laughs> this is another. This is another one where I am again cautiously optimistic about it. I I can't. I don't know if I don't know if I can say I'm more. It would have been on my list if you didn't. If you weren't going. If you didn't have it, I absolutely would have taken it. Uh, as we've talked about before, I have a lot, I have mixed feelings or mostly negative, to be fair, about Adam Wingard as a director, because I think he was horrible in that Blair Witch sequel that he made. And again, like we talked about several times, I'm not a fan of his approach to the Godzilla versus Kong. He took the complete opposite of the the, the one thing you have to give Zack Snyder credit for is that he that at least he didn't go into BVS going, well, we know Superman's going to win and we just got to figure out how to make it look good. He obviously didn't take that approach. Now, yes, there was a, there was a blueprint for already in comics for how you could not have that result. But you could make a case there already was a blueprint from Toho how Kong could be Godzilla. <laughs> so the reality is he, he just came in pretty much pretty much bull in a china shop saying, well, I, I like Godzilla. Godzilla's got to win. And a lot of people in creative didn't agree with him, but that's the movie we got. So I've because of that, even though yes, they gave Kong his they gave Kong his moment by defeating Mecha Godzilla, it makes me leery what's gonna happen in this movie since it's pretty it's all you know, it's all it's all but a given and he's gonna get his ass handed to him when he first squares off against Scar King. And the question is, is he gonna be the one responsible for taking out Scar King at the end to balance it out? Is it just gonna be straight up where Shimu well, Godzilla's going to take on Shimu and Kong's going to take on Scar King at the end. Are they going to mix it up? But I'm leery about Kong getting his due. If at the end of the day, Kong Kong wins and he really is truly now the king of uh, of Hollow Earth, then I can live with it. But I narratively, as someone who writes, I have a hard time with Kong probably once again being the main character in this movie based on what we've seen. Like he was in Congress in Godzilla versus Kong, but yet you don't, but yet you have this character lose out more. You know, it, it makes my, it might make more sense in this movie because it's a, it's a temporary loss, but having Kong be the POV character, like he was in the last movie and then have Godzilla win when they go square, when they square off, that doesn't really work from a writing perspective. It, it, it doesn't seem make a lot of sense. I'm cautious about this. I don't know. I also don't know what the hell they did with Rebecca Hall because I I'm really starting to be getting into Rebecca Hall lately. But I thought I think that look for her looks horrible in that in this movie. I don't know what they did with her. That's a horrible hair color, hairstyle. I don't know. Ca- again, cautious optimism I would say for this movie. But uh, but there are but, but visually as you know it's going to be cool and and I did like the the idea of Godzilla and Kong kind of like being like a 
be in this tag team to and along with and Mothra is supposed to be in this movie. And I think supposedly you can see Mothra in the trailer if you if you pause it. Uh that the idea that those are going to be like the not necessarily the Holy Trinity, but they're going to be the almost like this little Justice League of or Avengers of of monsters that come together when there's a big threat. I can get I can be down with that, that they, that there's an understanding and alliance between them that uh, they all can. So a re- mutual respect. I can deal with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right. Number ones. Um, my number one. Surprising absolutely nobody. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Again, currently uh, expected 2024 because of the strikes and everything like that. I don't know. This Obviously, it's an animation-heavy thing. I don't know how far they were into completing or, or even you know, animating any of, of the third film. Um, but uh, I would not be shocked if this got kicked, kicked to 2025. Um, but, uh, for now it says 2024. So that's what we'll go with again. Not a whole lot to say here that hasn't been said before. I championed the shit out of that first film. It was so good and so well received by so many people. The animation styles were so incredible. It was visually, uh, a sight to behold. I think they really kept up with a lot of impressive use of colors and animation in the second film. Um, yes, it sucked to end on such an obvious cliffhanger, but I thought I had a lot. You know, if I'm if I'm really examining what I'm seeing from the start of the film to the end of the film and its cliffhanger, just for what it is, does it tell a complete story? No, not really. But it, did I have fun every moment in between? Yes, I did. Um, also, not a little moment of vindication for me. Everybody fucking seems to love Hobie. I love that. Spider-Punk is the best. Uh, and I really can't wait to see more of him since he's supposed to be part of this little team uh, that we saw at the very end of the last movie going into things. Um, seeing some of the original cast return and their original characters return to help out Gwen, um, to help out Miles. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm very, again, as I said a minute ago, I'm very doubtful and worried that it probably won't come out this year but i'm hoping um so we'll see because there's a lot of work that goes into that level of animation and um hopefully they don't (laughs) absolutely um force people (laughs) into insane hours just to get this completed but uh i uh i i hope i hope we see it this year i enjoyed the second one more than the first one i thought it was I really got into the second one more. The cliffhanger was cool. I, I actually, I'm, I'm actually f- kind of a, I was fine with the, with the old school cliffhanger, which you don't get that much of anymore. You don't kind of get that. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, Back to the Future Part Two kind of cliffhanger, which of course, Back to the Future Part Two was easy to do because basically they filmed two and three back to back, so you knew the next one was coming out like in six months. <laughs> so so you didn't have that much a long much long to wait as opposed to let's say the Empire Strikes Back cliffhanger essentially that made you, that you knew you were gonna have to wait for like three years to figure out to find out what the hell happened. So yeah, I mean I I'm sure it's gonna be good. I'm not gonna lie. I, have I have I watched this since it's been on Netflix? No. Uh, following the great tradition of not rewatching the first movie when it was on Netflix either, and I, but it's even it's a little weird because I do like I do like this one more, but it there there's enough unanswered questions and trying to figure out how it's all going to come together that I'm definitely intrigued by it. So 
I hope that it does come out this year because Lord knows, Lord knows there are, we, we, we could use some movie, We could definitely use as many movies coming out this year as possible since there aren't going to be many. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I will say, and I don't, I, re- I hope I don't jinx it, but like this has the potential to be one of the best trilogies in a long time. And I really, really hope that comes true. Yeah. I hope, I hope so too. I think it's, uh, it's always good when spider when spider movies succeed, especially when there are. It's 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 good to see Spider-Man essentially becoming from a financial perspective and a box office perspective, kind of like becoming the Batman, if you will, of the of the MCU, because the fact that Spider-Man movies look like pretty much they they succeed no matter what you do just like batman movies seem to succeed even if people end up not liking them they still end up making money so i think that uh it's good to see that at least at least there's one character in the uh that marvel has that they can they can safely rely on will continue to always make people happy and put asses in the seats all right you're number one I don't know if it's because of the sad state of this of this year's slate or because of how how arguably the its predecessor was the only thing that not only did not disappoint me last year, probably on my list, but exceeded expectations. I by default, I had no choice but to put Saw 11 as my number one movie of the (laughs) year. I had no choice because Saw 10, Saw X was so damn Good. I love that movie so much. And the Blu-rays and the Blu-rays just as fun because it's like there's like about an hour and 40 minute making of uh, the, the commentary track is not. I, I watched about half the commentary track and then watched it at the very end with the post credit scene to see what they said. But watching the commentary, I wasn't overly impressed with the commentary. It didn't. But the actual featurettes, especially if you just play all and play play like the hour and 37 minutes of them together. Yeah, that was that's that's really good. You get some cool you get some cool insights also into the timing of how essentially, though, probably it changed a little bit. I'm sure that this is the movie we would have gotten if Spiral hadn't come into the mix. This is the Saw movie we would have gotten before Spiral. If Chris Rock didn't basically say, hey, I want to do a Saw movie and I have an, and I have a window to do it. Uh, so this was that's why they were there was pretty easy to transition to this because they be, they had the gist of the story and this is what they wanted to make. Uh, this would have been basically nine under different circumstances. Yeah, Saw 10 was really good. Saw 11, again, but nothing's been really confirmed. We know, obviously, we know there's no lot, no logical reason to think it will not be another prequel, whether it's probably taking place between, at the very least, it'll take place between Saw 2 and Saw 3, since there's a sizable gap between the end of Saw 2 and Saw 3. I believe that's where the biggest gap is. Yeah, because because... Donnie Wahlberg's character is missing for such a long period of time. I forget how long he was missing. It was like six months, at least, if not longer, that there's a gap between Saw 2 and Saw 3. So that's the most logical place to go, unless they want to stick another one between Saw 1 and 2 and then eventually go to Saw 2 and 3. But I'm cautious. I'm more than cautiously optimistic. I'm really enthused because they did lay breadcrumbs out in this movie that that on the surface, it's like, well, they didn't hand they didn't resolve this. Why didn't? We didn't get an answer to this. So why is this character left in this place? And but I, I, they had a plan. I think they had a plan all along. That well, if this if this is successful, we know where we're going to go with it, and that's probably the reason why they were able to announce 
that they were doing another one that's coming out in September so quickly after Saw 10 came out. So, yes, I probably are probably the only movie on my entire list that I'm truly, truly enthusiastic for. Not that I sound it, but I'm tired, but I am very enthusiastic for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know, we we know I don't care much for the Saw franchise, um, but uh, Mark did talk about it uh, on October 3rd, guys, uh, his little movie uh, spoiler free review. But uh, if you want to find his uh, some some more thoughts on that in the feed, uh, it was sp- spoken about I don't know, relatively recently, I guess, uh, on the show. So you can definitely find that. Um, uh, I, I, I having not seen it yet. I, I've heard great things about uh, Saw 10 from people I trust. So uh, I, I don't doubt that it was a great film. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully on your on your behalf, things continue well for for Saw 11. Just got to keep Tobin Bell alive a little bit longer. <laughs> Just a little. But that's that's the beauty, though. The beauty is even if something even if. Yeah, obviously, he has to stay alive. But all kidding aside, even if he gets to the point where he has trouble moving around and stuff, I mean, that's where look at where John Kramer ended up in Saw Three. He was he was first he was in Saw Two. He was wheelchair bound. Then he was bed bound. So literally, as long as he can still act and wants to do it, that even wouldn't be a precursor to preventing him from doing from doing more movies technically because of, because of where the character ends up. And so yeah, I I don't want them I I don't want them to milk it to death, but they do have. But they do have a soft, they do have a problem on other like we talked to, like I talked about before, even though at some point we'll talk about all the problems Scream is having right now. But again, Saw has a has an expiration date because they've never been able to solve the what do we do when we don't have John Kramer problem. All Saw 10 proved was, hey, you could still make a really good movie and movie people care about with John Kramer. But we've ever not been able to ever been able to figure out how to make one without John Kramer that people give a shit about. So that's that's. So it seems like once again, without a full reboot, they they're kind of living on borrowed time and just filling in the gap. But but I'll enjoy the ride as long as it lasts. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Well, I guess to just to run through some of the other movies and and different like for my monkey crap list, I don't have much. I have Madam Web, which again I will see, but it lo- I kind of looks like crap. It's got it's got some attractive women in it. That's about the saving grace for that movie, but I, that's. I, I'm sure it'll be Morbius too on that on that level. Kung Fu Panda Four don't care about that Civil War movie don't care about because that's real close to happening so we don't need to see it in the movies. <laughs> Furiosa don't care about because I didn't like the last Mad Max movie. I know a lot of people loved it and they, they raved about it. That movie did nothing for me. I thought that was really overblown. So seeing another seeing a prequel. A Mad Max offshoot about, again, some, someone other than Mad Max and a character I didn't care all that much about. Don't care. And Gladiator 2, if we, that does come out this year, that seems like another Ridley Scott movie that's destined to be bad. And that's all I have for my monkey crap list. Um, yeah, my monkey crap list also included Madam Web. Um, it includes the Joker movie, the follow up. Almost forgot about that, actually. I, I, that would probably be in my Miller Road list. It includes Craven the Hunter, uh, and it includes uh, Transformers One. Uh, most of the Transformers movies of late have been on Monkey Crap List. It's, you know, cool action film, but you know, do I have any special desire to go see it? Probably not. Um, also on that list, 
they're talking about it. I don't know how true it is or if it's even still supposed to be happening. National Treasure 3? I think uh, they're just talking about that. I don't think there's yeah. anywhere close to... Yeah. Uh, and Inside Out 2 from Pixar. I almost forgot about that. Which does look good, but I, you know, we'll see. Uh, I do want to run through real quick my honorable mentions. Yep. Um, and... There is a movie coming out at some point. Uh, this is one of the ones that's supposed to come like later this year. Um, it is called In the Lost Lands. It seems like it would be good. The pitch is a sorceress travels to the Lost Lands in search of a magical power that allows a person to transform into a werewolf. Uh, it stars Mila Jolovich and Dave Bautista. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm a sucker for werewolves, vampire stuff. So. Uh, I like the pitch. I like some of the actors. Let's see what a trailer looks like. Um, there is a movie now that, you know, the the slap heard around the world is gone. Will Smith is back on target for things. Apparently, there is a movie supposedly coming out with him called The Council, which is the never before to- told story of a crime syndicate consisting of seven uh, African-American men who ruled Harlem in the 1970s and 80s. Um, so. Uh, I do kind of like period pieces, little gangster stories and stuff like that, especially in those time periods there. So that could be fun. Um, there, uh, uh, I, before there were ever comic books in my life, my favorite love was Greek, uh, Greek and Roman mythology. And there is supposed to be a Theseus movie coming out this year. I did see that. Yes. So I will be interested in seeing what that becomes. Uh, and speaking of remakes, Nosferatu is coming out. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Emma Corrin, Willem Dafoe. Uh, the gothic tale of an obsession between a haunted young woman and the terrifying vampire infatuated with her, causing untold horror in its wake. So um, <laughs> Nosferatu, another one of those old, 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 old black and white movies that really should have been remade by now. But uh uh, it is coming this year, apparently. Um, also on the list, there's going to be a uh, Bob Marley biopic called One Love. We know I like musician biopics. Definitely excited to hear that. And one I mentioned last year, an animated movie called The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim. Um, if you saw the uh, second movie, it was The Two Towers, the, the the battle at Helm's Deep. We know Helm's Deep was a stronghold and had many battles in the past. This movie is supposed to focus on this animated movie is supposed to focus on one of those original big ancient battles. Looking at some of the Miller road list, uh, Dune to Argyle, which will be coming out soon. Um, which I will see first Omen, which looks, I thought that trailer for, for, for the first Omen looks horrible. I mean, I don't know if we need to talk about trying to milk it, get blood from a stone it's like do we really need to see how basically how basically damien came to be it's like i don't think so uh fall guy i should like it because it i'd be interested because it's ties you know because of the original lee majors tv show but that just does not look like it works for me that this is where i had planet of the apes bad boys four uh the quiet place prequel i had craven here i had beetlejuice 2 here smile 2 head your lord of the rings Mufasa, the Lion King prequel, which you probably don't need. Sonic, because I think the other one's the third one's supposed to come out this year. Uh, Venom three, and I penciled in Joker, since I almost forgot about that movie. But that's pretty much all I have written down for this entire year. So it's uh, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. That is uh, a good summation of the 2024 slate thus far. Um, 
So, all right. You want to tell people how they can reach out to us if they want to share what they're looking forward to in 2024? Yes, and it's too bad because there was something else I wanted to do, but but we're living on borrowed time. Um, So... Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, quote unquote, <laughs> and like us on Facebook, hashtag geocast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a text or a voicemail, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And of course, Manly Bands, our sponsor, LanternCast30, as our discount code to the end of February. Visit Manly Bands and look at their DC collection, and you can save 30% off any ring in their DC collection. Yep, it looks like right now they're having a Valentine's Day sale with 25% off, so definitely use LanternCast30 before the end of uh, February, so you can get 30% off of those DC collection rings instead of the current 25 they're running. So I think it's our, 20. our discount is, uh, I'm sorry. I think it's 20. You think it's 20? Yeah. I'm, I'm on the homepage. That. Now it says Valentine's sale, 20% off site world state site, 20% off site. Why? Oh, there it is. Yep. So, yeah. uh, yeah, guys, if, if, uh, if, uh, if you want to get, uh, an even better discount than they're offering the regular customers, you can do so uh, all the way up till the end of February, Lantern Cast 30. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.